so I'm reminded that if I choose a response versus a reaction, I would have been more successful. Hey friend, what's going on? It's so good to be with you today amidst your day, whatever this day finds you doing. I'm just so glad that you're taking the time to pour into your heart and your marriage. It makes a difference. This whole month of October, we are focused on obedience, what that looks like to actually step into and say yes to whatever God is saying to us. Or maybe that means saying no to something he's asking of us. But regardless, we're diving into that big time in the A Wife Like Me collective. Our coaches, our yoga, our dinner plans, our date nights, everything is in there. Our Bible reading, it is all in there for you. And right now you can join for free for seven days just to check it out and see if it's something that would be helpful for you to prioritize your marriage and your faith. So simply go to collective.awifelikeme.com. Today we have our friend Kelly Brinkman with us. She's phenomenal. She's your friend. We were with her last episode. She's an interactive potter and her wisdom today is going to, I think, cut to our hearts. I know it did for me. She's talking about love and gentleness, patience, kindness, how we can actually choose that. So this is going to be good and share it with a friend today. Also, you can find Kelly over at kellybrinkman.com. We are linking her in the show notes. Let's listen in as Kelly shares such good wisdom with us on what it looks like to choose love in our marriages. I remember it happening about four years into our marriage. I was traveling and working outside the home. And as I would get home from a flight and just about the time I walked in the garage door into our house, the anxiety would almost like grab my heart because on the other side of the door, I had infant twins and a 20 month old son and my sweet husband waiting for me. Now, it can sound like an idyllic moment, and really in a lot of ways it is, but I remember some of those times I would walk in the door and give my husband a quick kiss and walk past him and pull out my hair and kind of turn around in a room and say, ugh, and I would do all the dishes in one fell swoop and hug the kids and feed them and change diapers and pick up the living room and read the mail all at the same time because I was really experiencing a lot of anxiety and feeling like this was a crazy season. And guess what? It was. Having three infants under the age of two is crazy. And everybody's crazy looks a little different, right? That was especially intense for me. I'm sure there's many moms that um, you have different ways that you would handle it. But it does speak to our natural tendencies to nitpick or try to control or even change our husbands. So my reaction, although it was a coping mechanism to try to gain some sense of control, actually damaged the relationship. So part of the reason we're talking about nitpicking and, and controlling today is because at a wife like me, it's a place where we meet with real lives and real relationships, and we can talk about real hope. That's why I keep coming back here, and that's what brings me to share with you ladies today. You know, in those moments of standing in my kitchen and kind of turning 
around in a circle, not even knowing where to begin. I look back on that mom at that moment and I say, what would have been enough? What was I really seeking? What was I really asking of my husband? And was it actually attainable? Ouch. Ladies, that's where I have to stop because what I was really asking for is like one little sliver of calm. And guess what? It was there all the time. I could have just opened the door and stood there with him and stood in a hug long enough to sigh and exhale and laugh and cry at the same moment and go, wow, this is a busy season. That having three kids under the age of two and 27 diaper changes a day is a lot. But you know what? We're in this together. So I'm reminded that if I choose a response versus a reaction, I would have been more successful. And sometimes in this world, you know, I can get caught up with activity and I can jump into reaction right away versus if I delay just a moment, then I can actually move to a more thoughtful response instead of a reaction. A lot of times our reaction speaks to our own heart versus someone else's actions around us. And it's really easy to point fingers and to say, if only, if only they would do this, if only this person would do that, then things would be fine. And it speaks to our desire to have some control, to maybe know what's coming next. It speaks to feeling anxious or not knowing what to do, wanting it to quote unquote, look right. We're looking for a way to express overwhelm and feelings that we can't even easily put our finger on. And there's different times of life, you know, where I can think more clearly than others, um, lack of sleep, lack of eating well, um, lack of enough time to care for my body and to be fully present makes it hard sometimes to identify those things, let alone to express them in a healthy way. One way that we can cope is to actually move the goalposts. And I have met with a number of counselors through the years, a number of my friends are counselors, and they've taught me that term that moving the goalpost, if you're not familiar with it already, is, is like saying, you know what, this would be enough if every night we went to bed and the dishes were done and the sink was clean so that I could wake up to that and didn't have to clean up from yesterday's mess, that would be enough. And then that's done. And then it's, well, you know, if only we'd have all the kids' backpacks laid out for school and the sink clean and three other things, and that would be enough. And so moving the goalposts makes it impossible for someone to actually meet our own standards. We move the goalposts because we're actually not content ourselves. And we can keep moving the standard and changing the standard because we haven't actually gone back and identified the real issue. I fall prey to that. I've seen that in my own life. And there are times when the Lord still convicts me and says, hey, you're moving the goalposts. You know, if you can honestly look at, at your husband when you're talking to him and watch his shoulders drop, maybe his, his head bobbed down 
that could be a sign that we are moving the goalposts, that we're maybe setting expectations so high that he feels like he can't reach them. And ladies, that hurts. That hurts to see his shoulders drop and to know that we've damaged the relationships. So in order to move past that, we have to be really honest and unpack some of those things ourselves. You know, there's sometimes the flurry of activity can feel like a big spiral. If I just keep moving, keep bobbing and weaving, then I can avoid thinking about deeper things or the real issue. But there's no real rest in that. You know, I have to go to scripture and say, and look for, look for hope. Um, and I know that one, we're not alone. God's word says there's nothing new under the sun. And we know that Jesus himself was man here on earth. Because he was man and he was fully human and fully God, we know that he experienced anxiety. I mean, don't you think he experienced frustration or feeling like, goodness, when are these people going to get this? He had to because he was man, right? But the way in which he responded was always holy. We can always trust God because we know that he is trustworthy. It's part of his character. So if I'm looking at trying to find control, a lot of that is letting my own hands unclench enough to say, God, here it all is in my hand and it's a big mess and I don't even know where to go. But you know what? I trust that you do and I'm going to hand it over to you. So a lot of times it speaks to an opportunity to hand it over to him and trust him. And guess what? We are freed up because with our husbands and with others in our lives, we're not actually the Holy Spirit. We're totally freed up from that role. Sometimes it could feel like talking to other people and pointing fingers makes us the Holy Spirit. But Galatians 6, 4 through 5 says each one is to be responsible and carry his own load. So if we point to others and we are telling them what to do or barking out a list of demands, we're actually trying to control their behavior versus instead, if we're responsible and carry our own load well and trust that God is working in their heart to help them carry their own load, that totally frees us up. You know, we've moved several times and I've moved several times in my life and one of the things that I can do to gain perspective is when I join a church, I look for older wives. I look for older couples that have been married successfully for years and I can find them by their fruit. You know, that's a, that's a trait that God tells us that you'll know them by their fruit. Matthew seven 15. I'm not looking for the wives that are older and assuming that because they're older, they automatically have wisdom about marriage. Instead, I sit back and I look at people and look for indicators of a great relationship. And so when I see that, those are people that I seek out. Uh, perhaps I joined their Bible study. We've joined a life group before, and it's a way to propel uh, my own growth forward by seeking the wisdom of others that have implemented it well in their lives. You know, another thing that we do in our um, relationship is Mark and I look for small things. 
I look for ways to make small changes. For example, who loads the dishwasher, right? Age old argument, right? In your house, I'm sure you're the one that loads the dishwasher correctly, right? But everybody thinks that. So my husband is a little more linear thinker and he will actually read the manual and figure out how they say to load the dishwasher. Okay. I'm a little more free spirit and we just put it in there. And, you know, generally there's a lot of washing, a lot of water. I'm sure it's all fine. Well, early on in our marriage, we actually kind of got in an argument about it. I loaded the dishwasher and ladies, as I stood there, he unloaded it while it was still in the kitchen. Right. And I thought, what? And sometimes we joke and use humor to get through things. I was like, what? Oh, oh, I, I did it wrong. Okay. Well, I need a couple of days of you showing me in order to get it right. Let's see. And that was kind of my way of saying to him that that offended me, that he unloaded it. Right. But clearly he read the manual, right? I won't say he was doing it better. He was doing it different. And guess what? Different is not wrong. So we have a rule in our house now, whoever is loading the dishwasher is doing it right. I mean, his is like all lined up. Perfect, right? Mine's a little bit askew and still gets the job done. But that's one way that we have stepped back to say, you know what, in the big scheme of things, it doesn't matter that much. And if you're doing it, you're doing it right. And so we've tried to give ourselves space there. I also look for the good. I write down the good for him to see sometimes in places. Like I don't necessarily close my journal page. I don't know if he always reads it, but Philippians 4, 8, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Ladies, if I think about those things, those are going to be the things that I say. So I look for the good. I send him off with kind remarks and a kiss. I try to greet him with a holy kiss and a compliment when he comes home, thanking him or saying, you know what, that new coat on him really looks great. So that I know he comes home to home. It's his only soft place to land. It's his safe place. It's his place he can let down his guard, let his shoulders drop and express the disappointments of the day. So I look for the good and I try to say the good. And you know what? That changes my heart. Also try to focus on reading God's word. You know, I started to read God's word in the power of a praying wife years ago, a classic book. You know what chapter one is about? It's about us as wives. So it's kind of a trick. You start to read that book and you're like, oh, good, man, I'm going to pray for him and pray for change. First chapter is about us because that's where it starts. It starts about praying and, and changing my own heart. Some of you may know the song, Create in Me a Clean Heart, O God, and Renew a Right Spirit Within Me. Well, it's a psalm, 5110, and I have little symbols that I add throughout my Bible because I'm a visual artist. So I'm a visual kid. So I draw just like, I don't even know if that's called a um, um, whole note. No, it's the one with the flag on the top. (laughs) So I draw a musical note 
and it helps me identify, oh, Psalm 5110, there's that song that I know created me a clean heart. And that's where I have to start with that prayer. And that's my prayer for you, that we would start with clean hearts and open hands to say, you know what? I've been trying to hold all this in myself, Lord, and control life, control my home, control my husband. And I know that doesn't honor you because you ultimately are in control. So let me pray for us as we go, ladies. Lord, we, we uh, just agree with your words to create in us a clean heart. Would you help us to set aside the things that cause us great anxiety, the things that cause us to just be tied up in knots and how that just leaves shrapnel in our lives? Lord, we know that our outward responses won't change unless our inward heart is aligned with you. And so like clay on a potter's wheel, Lord, would you align us first with your heart? Bring our hearts just in sync with yours. In the name of Jesus, we have hope and we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Kelly. Ladies, again, head over to kellybrinkman.com. We are linking her in the show notes. We just love you and appreciate your wisdom. Something that I have learned and that Kelly reminded me of is that there's no way I can be kind or loving or patient or gentle or you name any of those good fruits of the Spirit if I am not actually yielded to the Spirit. If you read through Galatians, you see the whole theme is talking about and reminding us that you cannot produce good things. You, your effort alone, it's not going to do it. You can't be loving if you just try yourself hard into that. It really is the work of the Spirit of the Lord Himself that is inside of us. It is His love when we yield and we don't want ourselves to have any way in our marriages and what we say and what we do. We say, Father God, I want you to have your way in me and in this, then he can work in us. But I can't will myself into being kind to my husband because honestly, a lot of the time I don't want to be. That's just not in my nature a lot of the time. So it is only the fruit of the spirit in me that produces those fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Not Amanda. I can't do that. So I just want to encourage you in that today that if you are wanting to show your husband and your kids, everyone around you, just what love looks like and what God's love feels like, surrender. Surrender everything to the Lord of Lords, King of Kings. The Spirit of God, if you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus, the Spirit of God is inside of you. The same Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is alive inside of you if you have said yes to Jesus as Lord and Savior. So you get to then trust that as you yield to the Spirit alive inside of you, as you say, Father God, Spirit of God, have your way in me. He will. He will. That's how you decrease and he increases. When you say, I don't want to have my way in this. Show me, guide me, give me the words. He will do that in you. What confirmation, what affirmation that is that 
that we are not in charge and that we get to trust that he's going to work out in us something way better than we could ever do on our own. So let's just encourage each other with that today. Send that to a friend, encourage her, text her. Um, Ladies, we love you. And thank you for pouring into your marriages. Thank you for pouring into your hearts today. Be blessed. Have an awesome day. And we will be back so soon with another brand new episode. Bye-bye.